the presence of Jesus the Nazareth. Sing it out. Sinner condemned unclean. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Amen. We'll get there. Okay, you ready? Verse 2. Here we go. For me it was in the garden. My will but thine he had no tears for his own griefs but sweat drops of blood for mine how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my savior's love for me he took sins and my sorrows he made them his very own he bore the burden to Calvary and suffered in now sing it out loud amazed I stand amazed this morning that the king of glory would love us like he loves us and my prayer is today that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to you right where you're at wherever you're at in life whatever's going on in your world that God would meet you right where you are at to our guests this morning we're glad you're here uh, to those that are back maybe from being away we're glad you're here and uh, for those that are watching we're glad you're with us amen church family we're glad you're with us Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you today for loving us. We thank you that uh, we can sing a song of standing amazed in your presence. And I have a feeling, Lord, if the shepherds had a, a modern-day hymn of praise to sing, that would have been one of them as they, as they encountered you in Bethlehem. So, Lord, wherever we're at in our world today, we're at home, Maybe somebody's watching from a hospital room or a nursing home. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak and we would rep recognize the tremendous opportunity we have this morning to worship you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Why don't you turn and uh, nod to somebody a good welcome. Will you do that?
right, join us as we sing the first Noel. favorite Christmas songs, O Come All You Faithful. I'm very thankful for these girls who are willing to come at uh, 745 this morning um, to help us sing. They do a great job. They're always so willing. And for a keyboard that can lower these songs to a key that we can all sing them in. Okay? So, O Come All You Faithful.
Little babe from Bethlehem would bear the way 
Thank you, Justin. I want to encourage you uh, to be part, if you possibly can, in a service next Sunday night that we're calling communion, the Lord's Supper, carols by candlelight. And I want to encourage you that are watching online to be part of it as well. We're going to have some surprises in that service. But it's just going to be a traditional time of us coming together at 6.30. And I hope that you'll make plans for it and be part of a very, very special night as we light the Christ candle on Sunday night, the 20th. I'm going to ask Candy and Rob Turpin to come now as they continue to lead us in worship and as they do today's Advent. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and nature sing. The theme of Christmas is clear according to scripture. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. <clears throat> and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Babies bring joy, and yet they bring such great responsibility. The same is true of how we look at the Christ child. For some, Jesus is still a baby, quietly lying in a manger. For some, he is just a nice picture on a card, or an inspirational painting on an ornament. Sadly, for many, that is all he is. We do have a responsibility of how we approach and how we respond to the Christ of Christmas. He came to be our Savior, so we praise and thank him. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, so we worship him. May his coming bring, you, bring joy to your heart, knowing that you are not alone. With every glance of a newborn baby, a toddler, or a child this season, may they remind you of one who was born for you, Jesus, the reason for our joy. We now light the joy candle as it burns with the hope and love candle. Let us pray. Dear sweet Jesus, it seems so easy to lose our joy in the present state of the world. May we find our happiness and contentment in you. You are enough and are the answer to every need we have. May all come to know you, the creator and giver of true everlasting joy. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Robin. Candy, I want you to take your Bible and join me to Luke chapter 2. Join us together in Luke chapter 2. As we think about the amazing wonder of the love of God. 
This past week, I heard a weatherman on television say, if you get out at the right time, I want you to look up toward the northern skies, and there is a small possibility that here in southwest Ohio, you may be able to view what's called the northern lights. You've heard about that, or I've seen it in movies before, but these are lights that normally shine in parts of Canada or Alaska, Norway, Finland, Sweden, Russia, Greenland. It's when these bright dancing lights of the aurora actually collide between electrically charged particles from the sun and they enter the Earth's atmosphere. These lights are seen above the magnetic poles of the northern and southern hemisphere and believe it or not, actually thought and considered that parts of Ohio may be able to view this spectacular phenomenon. But the headlines came a few days later. It wasn't what we thought it would be. It wasn't what we thought it would be. Folks, I want to tell you this morning that the birth of Christ has lived up to its expectations. Amen? The birth of Christ has lived up to its expectations because Jesus is who he claimed to be, and he continues to be King of kings and Lord of lords. In Luke chapter 2, Candy and Rob have already read part of this passage to us today, but that's simply the message. I stand amazed. Because if anyone had the right to say that, it certainly would have been these lowly shepherds just simply doing their job during the night shift and recognizing the glory and the power of God. Luke chapter 2, uh, let's, let's, let's kind of dissect this passage a little bit, okay? Verse 8, the Bible says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. They were simply doing their job. They're doing their job, living their life one minute, and the next minute God is doing something supernatural. Let me tell you, if you're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Christ, you can be saved in an instant. It's not by the snap of a finger, but it's by a prayer, a sincere prayer of your heart, recognizing who you are and who God is. And folks, I'm telling you, as I look around our congregation this morning, as I look over here in right field and the left and you in the middle, listen to me. Are we not satisfied customers in Jesus Christ? I'm telling you what, I go back to places because they treat you right. I go back to places because the food's good. Are we not satisfied customers in Christ? Hasn't he lived up to everything he promised? You'll say, well, Brother Greg, he let me down. Folks, listen, life will let us down sometimes. Things break. Cars don't start. But the goodness of God is eternal and unchanging. And, and somehow through the midst of things that happen, God uses it all for his glory if we're willing to trust him. Now these shepherds in the night watch, the Bible doesn't indicate that they were expecting something different that night. It doesn't, it doesn't tell us that uh, any of you still carry a lunchbox to work. I still remember my dad's. It was, Marsha's, yours probably, probably looks like this. It was aluminum, and it had a dome lid. Anybody remember those? And uh, the Bible doesn't say they packed their aluminum lunchbox that night and said, boy, uh, Jeff, I hope that everything goes, I, I hope we see a, an angel tonight. No, the Bible says they were just doing their job. 
And that, that gives me hope that God can speak to you and he can speak to me right where we're at in the midst of our life. Now, some of you this morning might be running from God. I've got news for you. You're not hiding from him. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you need. And the good news is nobody loves you more than God loves you. Amen? Nobody does that. It doesn't indicate that, as we heard this past week from our weathermen, that Saturn and Venus are going to line up. And if you go outside and look at the night sky, you're going to see a brilliant star. And that's actually those two stars lining up. It, but it was a supernatural appearance. And it was a life-changing appearance, appearance. And it reminds me that when I encounter Christ, it will be supernatural. And when I encounter Christ, my life can change. So here we go. Verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The Bible doesn't say they saw the angel walking to them. The Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared. And the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. Has anyone here this morning been afraid or, or scared? When was the last time you were? I asked, I asked that question in the first service, and Rob Turpin said uh, five minutes ago, standing here. Listen to me, fear is part of life. There's healthy fear and there's unhealthy fear. We all know that, don't we, from the season and the months in which we've traveled. But the truth is, here's the first thing to jot down and a reminder, fear cannot cancel Christmas. It cannot cancel Christmas. Now, when you think about God speaking, God doesn't always speak through angelic revelation. God doesn't always speak audibly. Maybe he does. I haven't heard God speak audibly. My basketball hero, Pete Maravich, when he gave his life to Christ, said he heard God speak audibly, and he'll never deny it. But God speaks, does he not? Sometimes God speaks through people. He doesn't always speak through cosmic stars. Like Elijah, it was a gentle wind, a gentle whisper. Sometimes God speaks through calming a wave or a storm in your life. Sometimes God speaks by giving you peace or not giving you peace about a certain situation. God may speak in the form of a manger, a place to feed livestock. He might make that the bed of the Savior of the world, the hope of glory, the rock of ages. But make no mistake this morning, fear cannot cancel Christmas. Number two, faith over fear is the mark of people that God uses. God uses people of faith. Do you believe that? The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. If we're ever going to please God with our life, there has to come a point where we're willing to trust Him with something bigger than what we can control. Anybody in here control freak? What does that mean? Got me in charge of everything? Sometimes that can hurt you. That can hurt you. That can hurt you raising a family. It can hurt you with adult children. That can hurt you as a grandparent. That can hurt you as a friend. That can hurt you at work sometimes. What God wants us to do is recognize that we are to surrender our will to him by faith. Amen? It doesn't mean we're always going to be perfect. 
Any, any perfect people in here this morning? Why don't you just stand up if you think you are? No, we're not. We know that, do we not? We know that. But we recognize we can have faith in the one who is. And that's King Jesus, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Faith over fear is the mark of people that God can use. And when you look at this passage, obviously these shepherds had a childlike faith because they had an encounter with God and it caused them to move. Their life would never be the same. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Brother Greg, we've heard this story our whole lives. Would you not be changed if an angel uh, approached you? I would be blown away and wonder if I was dreaming. But then I'd get to the point where the Bible says in verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. I would have bought in by then, folks. I would have bought in by then. This past week, there was a beautiful... Uh, Homegoing funeral service for Ray Murphy, Yolanda's husband. Ray never attended here my entire time. I don't know how long in the past before me that he didn't. He always went to Princeton Pike Church of God. It was always kind of a unique dynamic. But he loved the Lord, and man, he loved his pastor, Barry, who, who preached his funeral service, and it was a wonderful send-off. But let me tell you something. There's nobody in heaven, I believe, saying, I wish I could go back to earth. I believe everybody in heaven is praising the Lord, longing that we join them, waiting on the day. And you'll say, well, Brother Greg, do you, do you think we're going to know each other in heaven? Hey, listen, based on the word of God, I believe with all my heart we're going to know each other in heaven. Your mom and your dad, who, who, that loved one that's gone before you, uh, listen, I don't know how God's going to do it, but he could do it. Listen to me, Mom, that baby that you lost prematurely, I don't know how God can do it, but he, he can do it. He can do it. Why? Because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if we don't trust him by faith, we're never going to trust him. Don't you wait till everything starts moving your way and falls into place like these cosmic things that the weathermen have told us about. Don't you wait until all that happens because if you, do, if you are, it won't happen. Faith is when you just trust God. Think about when you got saved. You came to the point of realizing I'm lost and I need him. You didn't clean up. You didn't go take a spiritual bath and then come to Christ. You just simply come. That's our problem sometimes, isn't it? We think people have to be just like us and then get saved. That's not the way it works. Jesus catches them and cleans them. Our job is just to throw the line. Our job is to share the hope of being a satisfied customer in Jesus. Faith over fear is the mark of a person God can use. And mom and dad, young person, senior adults, God can use you if you're willing to trust him. He can use you. This, this encounter had to be overwhelming. It had to be full of fear. Be reminded that the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. Uh, what, there's a song by one of these groups that we listen to, Fear is a Liar. Fear is a liar, and it will keep you from coming to Christ. It will keep you from doing the right thing. And if fear is a liar, Jesus answers it this way. A liar says you can't and you won't. Jesus says, I can and I will. You simply have 
to trust me. For Mary and Joseph in this story, God would use them in this Christmas narrative like unother, any other couple in the history of the world, yet he still called them by faith. And he called them, listen, to be the, the, the mother and give birth to the, the, the Messiah and to be the earthly father of this boy named Jesus. And the heavenly host appeared. And here's what they were saying. Something is happening in Bethlehem. Now, the shepherd's field in Bethlehem is just a little place outside of the city, and it's a big, flat expanse, and it would make sense that this could likely be a place where this could happen. And the angel appears, and the Bible says, Then a, a multitude of the heavenly host appear, and the shepherd's lives would never be the same because they were on their way to meet Jesus. Now, here's the question this morning. Who is Jesus? The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4, or sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. Folks, these, these verses would be great places to say amen. You ready? Are you ready? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Amen. Jesus is God in the flesh coming to a sin-sick world to live a perfect life and then willingly one day he laid his life down on the cross, paid for our sin so that we could sit here today with the hope of knowing that when I breathe my last breath, I will go to heaven based on his perfection, not my own, but based on everything he has accomplished on my behalf. As they journeyed to Bethlehem, something was happening in their hearts. Number three, the heart of Christmas is Christ in your heart. Wouldn't you love to see a Hallmark movie come up with that title? Oh, Marsha, I'd tune in. The heart of Christmas is Christ in the heart. Folks, I'm telling you, we're living in a world where even the simple, wholesome things of life drift from times to times to, to just fit a, a culture that is drifting and shifting away from the things of God. The heart of Christmas is Christ in your heart. That's why so many people miss it. That's why so many people don't understand. We can't see what God sees. Um, this fall, Renee put out a number of pumpkins. I bet we had six or eight. So, time to put Christmas decorations out. What are we going to do with the pumpkins? She said, well, I've got some red paint. Let's paint them to make them look aesthetic to the house and the decorations. I said, that sounds fine. Well, as of this past Thursday, they were still sitting there orange. So I took it upon myself to carry these pumpkins to the garden, and I spread them out. And I went in the garage and got my 22 rifle and thought, well, 
I'm, I'm going to get behind the house. That way nobody from church will drive by and see me shooting a gun. And I stood out there, and I lined them up, pop, 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 pop. And I didn't see anything fly. I didn't see nothing happen. And I went into the garden to look at the one I was shooting at. And it, there wasn't a mark on it. And then I realized that wasn't the one I was aiming at. And I walked over here, and lo and behold, I saw about six little bullet holes in the front of the pumpkin. But the back of the pumpkin was blown out. Why am I telling you that story? Marcia, why am I telling this story? You're right. Marcia gave us a spiritual implication, but I just want to tell you that because I'm not as bad a shot as you think I am. No, listen, I'm telling you that she's exactly right because in life, we're like that pumpkin. We just see that little hole in the front where God sees the back end. He sees the big picture. You might be here today and feel like you're having no impact on somebody in your life as a Christian. You don't know what God's doing. The Holy Spirit may be eating that person's lunch and you don't even know about it and God's using you to love them and pray for them and just show them what love looks like that's the message of the gospel listen to me the heart of Christmas is Christ in your heart and when you think about Christ in our hearts this Christmas what does he deserve okay I, I want to walk you down a few things here's the first thing he deserves our wonder I wonder, how could he do this for me? Have you ever asked that? God, how can you love me the way I am? How can you love me when I get selfish sometimes? How can you love me when I'm stubborn? How can you love me when I get uh, thinking that somehow I own stuff? But you do. He deserves our wonder. The Bible says in 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward man he also deserves our worship does he not if God wanted to this morning he could drive us to our knees right now and say you're going to worship me the way you should worship me let's don't ever think that when we come together we're doing God some favor by our attendance folks we have the privilege to worship we have the privilege to have a Bible when there are underground Christians in this world that are dying when they're caught with a Bible and you and I probably have 10 copies of different translations sitting somewhere in our house thank God for his word he's worthy of worship he's worthy of Isaiah 6 worship and the place was shaken with his glory you know what he's also uh, what he also deserves look at verse 15 so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. He's, he deserves our word. When we say something we're going to do, we do, do it. We count on people every week here uh, to, to, to help us. And, and, and Marcia, know, Marcia, we know what it's like when, when we don't have the people, it's hard. And, and it's slim, and, and, and it just doesn't happen. Only by the grace of God, amen, does he use you and I as a team 
for His glory, using our gifts, wherever that may be. And my prayer is that in this time away that God is raising up in the life of many of our church folks, hey, when we're back together and things are rolling, uh, Amber, there are going to be people that want to serve the nursery. There are going to be people that want to serve children's ministry. There are going to be people that want to help with a shut-in ministry. That's what it's all about when it comes to the life of the church. All of us in it together. Anybody want to say amen? You know what else he deserves? Verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the, and the babe. They came with haste. He deserves our walk. He deserves our walk. Wherever we're at, whatever we're doing. And, and I love this. He also deserves our witness in verse 17. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. They couldn't keep it in. They couldn't keep it in. They had to tell everybody the good news that Jesus is born. That's what it means when you stand amazed in the presence of God. That's what it means when, when you recognize who you were and you go back to that time that you gave your life to Jesus and you said, you know what? I was on my own road heading away from God, but he rescued me. And thank God he did. And because of that, Christmas is more than a postcard. Christmas is more than a light or two. Those things come and go. But Jesus is here to stay. And he'll not let you down. He'll not let you down. Number four, the Christmas story speaks for itself, does it not? It speaks for itself. The Bible says in verse 18, And those who heard it marveled at these things, which were told them by the shepherds. Boy, what a night of work. Could you imagine these guys when they, when they got home? Harold, when they put their lunchbox on the washer, took their work shoes off. I can still see my dad taking those mason work shoes off. Hey, Dad, what kind of night did you have at work? You won't believe it if I told you. Hey, do I look different? Well, actually, you do. What happened? I met Jesus tonight. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you'll never know how he appeared. We were given a special invitation. As a matter of fact, uh, you're going to read about it the rest of your life, son. It was an invitation. We were the first ones there. Or so we thought. We were the only ones there. Or so we thought. Folks, I'm here to tell you that the Christmas story speaks for itself. And it's a message of the love of God. The love of God. You know, we've buried at least five shut-ins in the past few months. It's a humbling thing when you start looking at shut-in lists and you just start, you, listen, is life more than getting to a point where one day Brother Greg passes and you just put a line through my name on the church membership. Gone. Christmas speaks for itself. Jesus came so that you could live and so that we could live forever. And I love the next one. It speaks of assurance. Do you believe that? How do we know that? Because the Bible says in 19... Mary kept all these things and pondered them in, their, in her heart. Now keep in mind, Mary and Joseph weren't in the field 
they didn't see what the, what the angel and the shepherds went through and the heavenly multitude. All they knew is they were trusting God to help them in this crazy plan of God to redeem the world. And all of a sudden, here come some guests we're not expecting who are as excited to be here as we are to be the earthly parents of Jesus. They recognize him for who the promise from the Old Testament would be. The Savior, the Messiah of the world. Let me tell you, they stood amazed. They stood amazed. Could it be that one reason the lost world is not looking at Jesus the way we would pray they would, could it be because the church, the Christian, has lost the amazement of Christ? I'm pretty sure, and, and I think the track record would speak for itself, that you as a church support what I would promote. No one has, no one has stood and said about something we're doing, publicly you haven't said it. That's a, that's a stupid idea, Brother Greg. Most of the time, we get together on things about, direct, about something we're going to do. Do we not? And, and I've heard this said that in preaching, your church will get excited about what you're excited about. If you're not excited about it, if, if you're not excited about telling people about Jesus, you're not going to have a bunch of folks excited about telling people about Jesus. If you're not excited to be in worship, I did a revival once, and it took about 45 minutes to get there. I got there at 6.30, service started at 7. Every night, the pastor got there at 5 till 7. Service started at 7. You know what I thought after day two? No wonder this is a dead church. The preacher ain't even excited about getting here. Folks, listen. When you think about the Christ of Christmas, should we not be joyful and excited and thankful for what God has done for us? The, the Christ of Christmas who wants to live in your heart, he will speak the message of Christmas by itself. What does that mean? That means that even if you don't have a light up or a tree up or get one Christmas card, you can still experience the Christ of Christmas. Christmas cards. You don't see those too often anymore, do you? We get one real special one every year. And many of you get special ones as well. But I can remember a time where my great aunt, she would stack them up and sit there. We'd go visit them, and mom and dad would read their Christmas cards and see who they were from. And, and it was just a reminder that we're thinking about you this Christmas. Christmas, the Christ of Christmas, brings assurance. And even though Mary didn't understand... God was now beginning to assure her, assure her and Joseph of his plan as the shepherds came to the manger. Now, I want to remind you of something just so you make sure we're theologically on the same page. We do not read about the magi, the wise men, being at the manger. Okay, before we sound uh, legalistic about somebody who's, who's got a nativity set out with the wise men there, I don't know one person that's lost their faith because the wise men were somewhere near the manger. You know what that picture is? They were coming to worship. They were coming to worship. 
And that's all God wants us to do this Christmas. He wants us to come to worship because that's why we were created. I close with this story. Do you all remember last year I, I shared a story about a, Renee and I thinking we had bought a Christmas tree? Anybody remember that? For those of you that don't, day after Christmas a year ago, we went, uh, must have been two years ago, we went and bought a Christmas tree, or so I thought. Couldn't wait to get it. Seven and a half foot, nice one, pre-lit. Boy, boy, we're really going to, it's really going to be easy this next Christmas. And getting the decorations out last year, the tree was nowhere to be found. We never bought the tree. Never, or it blew out of the truck on the way home. Never bought the tree. So that turned us into live tree for the last two years. And uh, last week, she and I went to this tree farm down in Butler County. It's a beautiful tree farm. It's well lit. It's called the Lowe's Tree Farm. The Lowe's Tree Farm. And we began to look at, look at trees, and, and she would pull one up, and, you know, no. We, we tried it. We'd dissect them, and then finally she found the tree she wanted. We put it in the truck. And on the way home, I began to think, you know, that Lowe's had, just like a lot of Christmas tree lots, cut trees. That means that that tree is never going to be planted again. That if that tree is not bought and used by a family for Christmas, it's really not going to serve the purpose in which it was cut. Listen to me. The purpose for you and me this Christmas is to stand amazed and glorify the Christ at Christmas. And folks, I assure you, if we do that, we won't miss it. We won't miss it. And my prayer is that you and I would just simply go forward in these next few busy weeks in a year unlike we've never had in our life. Trevor was here the first service. I said, Trevor, man, 2020. You know, for him, it's been two years of craziness. For some of you, you, you're living the nightmare of your life. But I want to tell you, the king of kings is still on the throne. And it's easy for me to say right here, right now. But I'm telling you, we're all going to go through the storms and trials of life, and I'm going to hold to the anchor. Amen? The Lord Jesus will be who he says he promises to be. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this building this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. Why do I say that? I just simply don't want you to look at somebody else. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you say, Brother Greg, I, I believe the message of Christ. I believe the Bible. But to tell you the truth, I don't even know if I'm a Christian, but I want to be. If that's you this morning and you're in this building, with every head bowed, every eye closed, just slip your hand up, if you will. I want, I want to know who I need to pray for. Amen. Thank you for being honest. Christian, I'm talking to you right now. Anything in your life need to go. Anything right now, if you were to stand before God and he looked at us and we stood before him and his holiness, what needs to go? Whatever you've identified already in your heart, will you give it to the Lord right now? Will you give it to the Lord right now? And pray, dear God, here it is. I can't hide from you. Lord, I, I, I want a clean heart. 
I want to return to the wonder and amazement of just knowing who you are. So, Lord Jesus, I surrender. Father, I thank you for prayers in this place today. Maybe somebody's here today and you've given your heart to Christ and you've not, you've not followed them believer's baptism. Well, I want to remind you that being baptized doesn't save you. But as a Christian, that is the first step you should take. Maybe you need to come. Any decision on anybody's heart, the altar is open. If God moves and you, you need to move, come on. You can come to me, you can come to the altar, whatever God wants to do. We're going to sing this precious praise song of, of, of invitation. God, have your way. Have your way. Let's sing together. Come into All of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. And I want to encourage you, uh, as we think about next Sunday, also to be reminded that next Sunday morning we're going to come together to be part of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Our goal is $6,001. Brother Greg, how did we come up with that? I just picked a number. Okay? And here's what Renee and I are going to do. This week we're going to pray together. And then we're going to pray separately. And then we're going to come together and just say, what figure are you thinking? What figure are you thinking? And we're going to give more than we're planning on giving. Why? Because there are some missionaries that need it. And as Southern Baptists, we support missionaries every week with our giving. But the international mission offering, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, goes directly to continue to fund and help those that are serving they won't miss a lick. And uh, listen, there'll be many churches that haven't gathered. It'll be difficult. Listen, those that are watching, you be part of this. You help us, okay? You can go to the website, and uh, that's the way we give, and it's an easy way. But let's just, let's just go big for the Lord, and we'll, we'll praise Him for whatever happens. Amen? And uh, celebrate that uh, next week as we give together. All right? Does anybody have anything to say? Anita?
Amen. From uh, that, that should be a, uh, a testimony the rest of their life, right? From surgery, from brain surgery to a birthmark. Amen. Hey, you all have a birthmark if you're a Christian. Amen. You've been marked by the blood of Jesus.